We're looking at the next free agency dominoes to fall, plus the Eastern Conference. How's that shaping up? And Chet Holmgren will play real or fake. Is he back? It's all right now on the Locked On NBA podcast. You are Locked On NBA, your daily NBA podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, welcome back to the Locked On NBA Podcast right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Yeah, man, your team every day. Let's do your league every day. We're here for you every Monday through Friday. And on Wednesdays, it's us. It's John Corrales, me, host of the Locked On Celtics Podcast. Find me on Twitter, for as long as Twitter exists, at John underscore Corrales. And I'm Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, and the host of the Locked On Pelicans Podcast. At what point did we start putting our blue sky handles on there I, I got someone to send me an invite the other day to you that oh so my I God, haven't, the biggest thing I'm on there too I haven't I haven't messed with it yet because I think everyone was trying to get on there and it was working yeah. so slowly but yeah, yeah that's probably coming soon yeah probably hey you know the best thing right now for me no underscores I can pick my name so I don't have to do the underscore game also, if you want to chat with us, maybe Twitter's not the best way. So comment down below on YouTube if that's where you're watching Locked On NBA. I've been doing that on Locked On Pelicans. You can get like, you don't have a character limit. You can type paragraphs. It's pretty nice to be able to yeah, interact with people fun. that way. I love it when people on Locked On Celtics, just threads start popping up. It's a great place to hang out, have conversations. So subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Subscribe on YouTube. All of that good stuff. Later on, Chet Holmgren was back. He was playing basketball. He was wearing an Oklahoma City jersey. That's very nice for them. We'll play a game of real or fake uh, as coming out of that performance. In the second segment, the Eastern Conference outlook. And, you know, everybody's talking about the West. The West has been making moves. But the East, are the best teams still there? Let's start, though, in free agency with the next dominoes to fall. There are still some big names out there. Jake, a couple of them. Celtics right now. Uh, Jalen Brown. Technically not a free agent because he's under contract, but there's an extension that still hasn't been done there. Grant Williams is a restricted free agent. No offer sheets there. Uh, PJ Washington, Christian Wood, uh, Matisse Thibel, those types of names are out there. So is there anything out there, Jake, that surprises you right now? No, I think this is this is somewhat gone kind of chalk, right? Like this is kind of gone as we've expected. I haven't seen anything that was like a huge, huge surprise. Maybe the big Bruce Brown in free agency a little bit, but that oh, kind of makes man. sense. You got to <laughs> overpay there. You know, but like everything's just been like, this is like March Madness where, you know, the one seed beats the 16, the two, the 15 and all that. Like it's going exactly kind of how you've expected it so far. I don't think it's going to change, right? You know, it seems like, and tell me if I'm wrong, Jalen Brown's going to sign an extension. You know, if he rejects that and doesn't come to an agreement with the Boston Celtics on like July 8th, let's say, like maybe that opens the doors for the league to get shaken up a little bit more because certainly that's a player teams would move a lot, a lot, a lot of stuff for. But if he's going to stay, okay, everyone just kind of operating business as usual. And we figured, you know, restricted free agents, which is kind of what's out there right now, wouldn't be getting as much traction. And so, yeah, nothing, nothing's a huge surprise, I think, at this point. Yeah, if I were to open up my FanDuel app, by the way, this episode brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. I would place my bet, my odds on Jalen Brown re-signing. I don't think there's anything to this delay between him and the Celtics. They're talking. Brian Windhorst has reported that they're talking. Um, I, in my conversations, feel comfortable with the, the process. So 
Um, I'm I have not given that much thought at all, other than at some point, Jalen Brown's gonna get the deal done, and it's actually gonna benefit him to wait longer because the moment he signs that deal, he gets a one-year no trade clause. And if this if this pushes out to July 15th, July 25th. It's from it's to that date. So the longer he just kind of delays the actual signing, it just gives himself that tiniest bit more leverage in the the beginnings of free agency. Teams can wait, but we know Jake. Teams don't want to wait. So if the Celtics I don't want teams to wait, (laughs) right? So if if the Celtics come to an agreement with the team and say, okay, it's July second, we're in the moratorium period. We have this framework of a deal. We're just going to end up having to trade Jalen Brown. He's got the no trade clause. He can be like, nah. I don't think so. And those teams, they're just not going to want to delay their business for three weeks because they might, hey, what if Jalen Brown goes and plays pickup and then, you know, breaks something? You, you just don't want to have that 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 uncertainty. So he, as a byproduct of all of this, holds a tiny bit of leverage out of it. So uh, that's important, right? You know, they were talking about Damian Lillard yesterday. We'll probably be talking about Damian Lillard next week at some point still. And like, you know, he doesn't seem like he has that much leverage in some of this, but any little bit he does is really important. So I think that's a really good point you just made. Is he, is he going to just get the full on supermax? They're just going to max him out. So is this going to come in lower? I expect it to be the full on max, but the one, the one thing that I've talked about on my podcast is this is a very unique opportunity for the Celtics to pitch Jalen Brown on, hey, if you take less, basically, you you get your deal, you get 8% raises on the Supermax, right? But the salary cap is, for the first time ever, outpacing the raises. The salary cap is going to be raising at about 10% for the foreseeable future. So Jalen might even say, I don't want a five-year deal. Because if you get an 8% raise, well, you're not getting the maximum amount of money you can possibly get. The Celtics can say, take less, take a little bit less now, help us out by a couple million dollars. In two years, we'll give you two plus one or three year, whatever. You can opt out. You can get your new 35% at the higher rate, at that 10% rate, and be further ahead three years from now than you would have been earlier you get what i'm saying so it's like because because the cap is going up at a higher rate than the raises i think a player like Jalen brown might might be incentivized to say i'll take a shorter deal i'm gonna hop in on the 35 percent max again in two two years three years whatever and then i can i can make even more money that way no, I think that makes sense. What about Grant Williams on the Celtics? Because that's another name that's out there. And I think he's probably one of the bigger ones kind of remaining. And as a restricted free agent, it makes it a little bit more complicated. Yeah, I think the restricted free agency is really being highlighted here. All of these guys that are on the list are restricted. And teams don't want to take the time. We're still in the moratorium. So a team that gives Grant Williams an offer sheet, even if he signs it, the Celtics don't have to match until 24 hours after the moratorium ends. So a team, let's just say the Spurs, that cap space would be occupied. So that's why all of this other business is being done ahead of guys like Grant Williams. I, I'm leaning closer to Grant Williams going back to Boston. I think the money is drying up. Uh, I think that Boston has an opportunity here to make one more big run with 
Porzingis there now. Tatum, Brown, Porzingis as your big three. Grant Williams coming off the bench. You got you know Horford and Robert Williams there. Uh, Derek, that that lineup is is really kind of uh, one of the better lineups in the league. So you have an opportunity to win a championship. My guess, Robert, I mean, Grant Williams. You got me saying Robert Williams. Grant Williams saying uh, staying, but for one year. Uh, the Celtics will sign him to a multi-year deal. He stays next year because this will put him over the second apron. Next summer, the talk will be, where does Grant Williams get traded? You worried about maybe like Dallas, though, making a run at him? Because that's a team that feels like they need to do more, in a sense, I think, and try and do something else. And it's he's been a rumored, they've been a rumored destination for him. And, you know, they re-signed Kyrie Irving, but they were so disappointing last season. They weren't able to kind of really shake things up like maybe they should have. I don't know. Like, I could see them going after him in something that maybe... I don't know. We're getting close to like a sign and trade situation at that point with it, depending on where they are with their salary cap. But that's a team I think makes could see making a run at him. Well, I mean, I'm always afraid of Dallas doing desperate things. So you don't know what their what their situation is. I'm trying to call up their cap sheet here. Um, I don't know how much space they've got. Uh, if they have the space to. Um, they to should sign. still have the mid-level exception, I think. Right. The Celtics will match that. The Celtics will okay. match a mid-level exception. Um, if if a team for for a team to come up and steal Grant Williams, it's going to take like an eighteen to twenty million dollar offer per year. If a team's going to come up with a mid-level extension, uh, a mid a mid mid-level exception, a twelve point four or something like that, your Boston will gladly match that. Uh, that that would be doing Boston a favor. Because that first year salary will be in that twelve million dollar range. Anything below fifteen million, Boston's like, yes, we can we can handle this very well. You can make some other moves and actually stay below that second apron and be even in an even better position. So, I don't think it would be uh, it would be enticing for Grant Williams to sign an offer sheet somewhere else. He he'll probably get that kind of offer from the Celtics. Uh, someone's going to have to come in with a lot more. And I don't think any of these cap space teams want to come in with that kind of money. Any who's left that has that um, San Antonio might be, might be the only team. Yeah, that's like really the, the like main team that could make some sort of, they'd be better served. San Antonio would be rather than spending money in free agencies, renting that cap space out for bad contracts and getting future assets to continue, you know, at that point, start building around, Wemby, I think, is kind of the right move, similar to what OKC has done the past couple of years, a little bit to what the Jazz did this offseason as well with the John Collins trade with, with everything. Everyone else feels like minimum guys to me at this yeah. point in free agency, right? Like Christian Wood's a name out there that's like unsexy that no one seems to want, and you could probably get him on some sort of near minimum deal. You have Kelly Oubre, he's there. Matisse Thibel is there. None of those guys scream like big big name contracts at this point. No, they don't. I think, and I think everybody's done themselves a disservice. Um, I mean, the, the Christian Woods done, done himself a disservice this past season. So I don't, I don't think anybody's I mean, everywhere he's been, it's been yeah. like everyone gets sick of that guy so quickly, despite him being actually a pretty talented offensive player. And look, I'm looking at cap space. I just, I just finally was able to pull up the, the, the salary cap tracker. Nobody's got cap space left. Everybody's got minimum it's going to be minimums and mid-levels. So that makes it very unlikely for a lot of these guys to move. Uh, Christian Wood, 
I, I, I don't know if I would give him so, somebody's going to give him probably like, I don't know, seven, eight million or something like that. Um, because he, he is still a talented scorer, but that that's about it. All, all of the rest of these guys now, now that I see that cap space is, is, is pretty much gone. Kelly Oubre, PJ Washington, it's going to, they're going to be eating into mid levels and that's it. Th- that, and that's what sucks about restricted free agency, uh, or Christian Wood who restricts himself in free agency. So that's, that's where I see things. Uh, want to take a look at the Eastern conference. Let's do it. I got a question about a team there. I got a big question. Okay. I'll have an answer. Why don't we do that? Why don't we do that in just a minute? First, let's talk about FanDuel. Hey, it's baseball season. Uh, take your first swing at betting MLB on FanDuel. Uh, FanDuel will uh, give you up to 10 times your first bet in bonus bets, up to $200 uh, if your first bet doesn't hit. So that's right. You just bet 20 bucks. You land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose, actually. That's $200 that you can spend on betting everything from the money line to the over-under to who you think is going to be uh, hitting that first home run. It's all on an app that's safe, secure, super easy to use. Plus, when you win, you get paid instantly. There's no better ba- place to bet on N- MLB than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. So sign up today. Visit FanDuel.com slash on to get up to two hundred dollars in bonus bets that's fanduel.com slash lockdown fanduel official partner of major league baseball want to thank you for making locked on nba your first listen every day check out all of our locked on individual team podcasts anything we're talking about here it's going to be talked about in depth on those podcasts so i've been talking about grant williams and and jalen brown Jake's been talking about all the drama uh, in New Orleans. There's a lot of that. There's a lot of that. Uh, Lockdown Blazers got you covered for Dame and all that stuff. But uh, Jake, let's let's leave Dame alone. Well, actually, no, let's not leave Dame alone because he's he might be coming to the Eastern Conference, and that could change everything. Uh, you said you had a question about the Eastern Conference. Let's well, let let's start with that. What, what, what yeah. do you, you want to know? What do you want to know? So we, we focused a lot on the Western Conference teams, you know, with the Suns loading up, the Warriors bringing in Chris Paul, all, kind of all of that. What are the Cavs doing? What are the Cleveland Cavaliers doing? We've heard a lot of rumors coming out of there that kind of surprised me a little bit. The latest being that maybe Darius Garland could be on the move from them. They've been... We've heard Jared Allen is maybe up for auction on the trade block in a sense. You know, this is a team that was very good last year. They had a disappointing first round series against the New York Knicks where they lost. But are they completely overreacting to that? And do they maybe just need to try it one more year with this roster? Because this seems like an overreaction to me to be like, we need a new starting center and we need to get rid of one of the guys in our backcourt who has been very, very good for the past couple of seasons. Garland's 22 points per game, 7.8 assists and shot 41% from three on on six attempts per game you're trying to move that dude uh yeah you know it's it's an interesting i think you're right about some of the overreaction here but i do think that some of that overreaction has to do with donovan mitchell and the limited amount of time that they have left because he's got a player option in 25 26 so you've got two more seasons to convince uh mitchell that this is the spot because remember 
when he went to Cleveland and not New York, everybody was like, what a bet from Danny Ainge to get start getting these draft picks after his player option where he would opt out and go wherever he wants to go and and you know the 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 Jazz can cash in on, on all of Cleveland's terrible picks that you know now now Utah can feast on. So I do think there's a little bit of a clicking top uh, ticking clock. Wow, it is early for me and my mouth just does not want to work. Ticking clock when it comes to the Cavaliers. So you look at a team that was built on defense and toughness, and then you get out defended and out toughed in New York. So you you say, okay, well, Jared Allen didn't respond well to that. Maybe he just doesn't have it in the playoffs. Let's let's see if we can take a guy that has been playing well in the regular season. Teams might need a rim protector like him. We can maybe get some just rebalancing of the 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 roster here. You look at who they've added. They you know Max Struess to add some shooting there. Uh, they added uh, who else did they add over here? They 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 brought in they brought they brought in a lot of shooting. I forget who else. George Niang, the mm-hmm. other guy who who is a shooter. They needed the floor spacing. They might say, hey, with uh, Mobley and Jared Allen in the playoffs, the spacing wasn't exactly right. So let's let's rebalance everything, bring in more shooting, build around uh, Mobley, and try to convince Mitchell that this is part of a championship core. So I do think that there might be a little bit. Is there an overreaction? Maybe, but I do think they feel a little bit of pressure. Yeah, I mean, they should feel a little bit, but again, Jared Allen is 25, Darius Garland is 23. If you think Mitchell's going to walk in two years, having those two young players on your team can maybe kind of get you through some of that transition period and help ease some of that. The Mobley point you make, I think, is really good because I do think they view him as like, you know, the second best player on a championship team, probably have him kind of rated ahead of a guy like Darius Garland too. So do you need to open up more opportunities for him? Let him start to thrive a little bit more offensively, which is something I think they're hoping to do. I don't know. They were good last year. Those two guys are young and they're good. And it's like, you want to move on from them. I'd happily jump on, you know, either of those two guys if I were a rival team. But I guess, I don't know, you know, where do they fit in? Where do you see them slotting into the Eastern Conference? Is it still Milwaukee and Boston at the top? Philly's going to look a little bit different. Is Cleveland almost like if they run it all back, the third best team, the fourth best team there? Well, the, the, I think the competition for third best team in the East is is going on right now. So, mm-hmm. yeah, Milwaukee and Boston. Milwaukee got the band back together. That was important. So they they will they're, – they're a year older. So that can be, you know, difficult. And I don't know how their regular season will go. Will they be a 58-win team again? Eh, maybe, maybe not. Uh, Boston, you know, basically swapping Marcus Smart for Kristaps Porzingis. They remain at the top uh, of the East as well. Now, Philly, what happens with James Harden? Do they keep James Harden? Regular season, that will be very good for them. Uh, if they end up getting Damian Lillard, like this is the Damian Lillard sweepstakes. Third best team in the East is kind of wherever Damian Lillard goes. Does he go to Brooklyn? Then you have pieces around to to jump up to third. Miami, that Miami can make the case that hey, we we'll, maybe we're second, maybe we're first. That 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 Yeah, maybe they're in that top tier then. You know, so Miami could easily hop into the top part of the East, but that whatever that slot number 3 is going to be, that's going to be if Damian Lillard does go east, that's going to be that team. And then after that it's not going to be Cleveland. 
So Cleveland will be in a position to be what they were last year, a fourth seed. But can they be better? It's not so much the seeding for them. Can they just be better? And if your defense can carry you, you can win on the road. Yeah, I don't know. That's just, that's a good point. Could they get in on the Damian Lillard sweepstakes? Like, could you move Garland and Allen for Damian Lillard and add that to that team? I mean, also, can I, you survive with a Damian Lillard and Donovan Mitchell starting backcourt? That is the question. That is the question. That's why, that's why Cleveland, that's why New York, uh, both would be kind of Atlanta, all, all destinations that could theoretically have trade packages that if you add him to the mix, it's a dicey fit. It's like, is the fit good? Do we want to roll that way? And look, I, I hate to be the guy that says this about Dame, but how much more of Dame time do we have? How much more of this? He's, he is obviously still an elite player, right? But small guards tend to fall off quicker than other players. And if, if he's getting targeted uh, and and has to defend, and, and if he doesn't hold up the uh, uh, physically, then there there is a risk that you're getting one great year of Dame, uh, and then after that, it's like uh, I don't know. So d- is that is that where Cleveland wants to be? I don't no, know. Probably not. That's a good point. You know, you know? thirty six years old making sixty three million dollars, I think scares a lot of folks. I will say he put up a career high in points per game last season. Like, I don't sure. think he's declining like some people think he is. Not that you were saying he was, but I've seen that a lot when I talked about it on my show. Like, could the Pelicans get in on this? Like, we don't want a 33-year-old Damian Lillard who just set a career high in points per game. Like, I want that guy. No, no, it's true. It's true. I mean, he he had a very efficient season. He shot. He shot. I think it was one of his better years, to be honest, like in terms of like individual numbers and individual performance. And if you look at some of the like advanced, like kind of all in one numbers, he grades out really, really highly in those and puts them on like an MVP level with some other players. So I don't know. I'd be all in on I'm all in on Damian Lillard. I think most teams should be, but maybe not the Cavs. I get it. But like, yes, he had his effective field goal percentage was just one of those catch all shooting metrics was the best of his career. He shot the ball incredibly well this past season. Um, But at the same time, he is going to be 33. And, like, it's just – all I'm saying is these little 6'2 guards have a tendency to drop off more quickly than other players. That's just been the history of the league. Mm -hmm. So it just happens, and it happens in a snap. So – all of a sudden, if this upcoming season he goes to shooting, oh wow, it's so weird that Jay- Damian Lillard shot thirty three percent from three this past season. Then it's like, uh oh, uh oh. Yeah, well, like, then that, then that falls steep, and that that contract looks terrible. Right, but he did shoot. He did shoot thirty two and a half percent the year before in like limited time. Right, so mm-hmm. and that and that's the other side of it. He hasn't played more than he played 67 games two seasons he's played more ago. than 70 in a while you right? know like he hasn't hit 70 since the the 2018-19 season so dame is still awesome dame is still awesome whoever gets him is going to be better a team like miami makes sense a team like milwaukee if they can find a way but they won't but a team that's older that's like you know what we're going for it now damn damn the torpedoes two years from now it doesn't matter from us you know, for us, then, then yeah, I can see Miami doing it. These younger teams might just be like, Hey, we would rather just take the development year 
Let's get our young guys better and more sustainable success. And if somebody wins a championship with Damian Lillard this upcoming season, great. We're going to try to win a championship the following year and the year after and be contenders for three, four, five years, or however long you can be in this new collective bargaining agreement. That's, and that, that's kind of key to that. Do, do you see, as we wrap up the Eastern Conference talk here, do you see a surprise team coming in the East anywhere? Is there anyone there that you're like, oh, they're going to be much better than they were the previous season? Um, I expect the Pacers to be uh, fighting yeah. for the playoffs. You know, I think Orlando has a chance to be in that mix. I don't know what Toronto is going to be. Chicago, I think, is going to be a mess. So those those are uh, a couple of play-in teams that that might fall off. Um, I don't know that Brooklyn is going to be a 45-win team. So much of that was, you know, Kevin Durant. Before, yeah. uh, so we'll, we'll see where that goes. But I think uh, Orlando and Indiana are two teams that have a potential to be, you know, there's 34 wins and 35 wins. Those, those are teams that could be, you know, 44 win teams. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I, I think I, both I like those teams could jump up. I like Atlanta a little bit too. A big time coaching upgrade there, maybe a little bit more stability moving on from Collins if that helps them in some capacity too. I, I think the bottom of the East is going to be a fight. I'm just not a believer in Atlanta. I'm not, I'm not a believer. In no, that's fair too. Uh, all right, let's 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 go. Uh, that that's our Eastern Conference uh, kind of preview for now. We'll uh, we'll get back to that. Let's take a second here. We'll get into Chet Holmgren's first and first NBA action. That's uh, incredible. Here, uh, we'll do that next. First, I want to thank you everybody for uh, checking out this Lockdown NBA podcast. Remember, rate uh, oh, five star. I never asked for a five star rating. Yeah, let's do that. Let's do wherever you get five star ratings. Uh, give us uh, a follow wherever you get your podcast. Uh, free agency, all that news, everything is going to be uh, right here all week long. Uh, Jake Chet Holmgren broke his foot in a pro am last summer. Here he is now playing summer league basketball for the Oklahoma City Thunder. And I had what 15 points, nine rebounds, four block shots in his uh, in his first summer league game here. For the Thunder, let's play real or fake. Jake, Chet Holmgren is back. Very real. Very real. I'll take this a step further. I think OCAC is going to be a surprise team next year. And they also have enough assets that they could trade for Damian Lillard. They could get in on anybody. And they shouldn't do that because they have Chet Holmgren coming back. Look, I, I always say, and I'm about to go record my show after this, which is like, don't read too much into Summer League unless it's Chet Holmgren and read all <laughs> into it, I think, because I think this dude is so awesome. I watched that program last year where he broke his foot, and he was electric in it. Yeah. I watched part of this game and watched that block that he had, and this dude is just something special. And I think he complements that OKC team perfectly. He and Shade Gilgis-Alexander and some of the other guys they have are going to be so much fun to watch. This is better than any free agent they could sign. This is better than any guy they could really go and trade for that would kind of raise their ceiling. I think he's legit and going to be so good. So, like, I am buying all the OKC stock, all the Chet Holmgren stock. This is, like, beyond real to me. Yeah, I... I I know that the Oklahoma City Thunder are that I mean they are in love with this kid. They they love him. They love his motor. They love how much he it's it's the intangible stuff more than the the basketball stuff. They the, they think that he's a just a basketball junkie, like one of those one of those gym rats that 
you can't you can't teach the level of passion that he has for the game. So they're excited to have him back. Um, I, when when you're dealing with the Liz Frank injury, that that's always a scary one for a big you know that that foot injury. But he said after the game that it, it doesn't feel like the injury ever happened, which that's great. Um, to 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 have that, I'm I'm excited to say that yeah, absolutely, he's 100 percent back. If that if he doesn't feel like he's he's having any ill effects, um, then they can kind of give him some time here to get back into shape, not overdo it in summer league, um, and and just let him kind of get back to things. But just you see his first action. Now he said he played five five on five by the end of last season, so he's got he's got a little bit of basketball in him, and I'm sure he's been playing a little bit since then. But to be out there in whatever level of NBA action, right? Summer league, whatever with refs and guys going full bore and not knowing what the other team is doing to have those instincts, to block the four shots, to get the nine rebounds, to, you know, get your own miss and put those, put it back. Those types of plays, that's, that's the instincts and that's the motor. And and when you see that in a guy like, like Chet Holmgren, that is incredibly encouraging. So yeah, I, I'm with you. I'm excited for what he'll bring to OKC. The, the ratings on the first matchup between him and Wemby, I think, are going to oh, yeah. be insane. The first regular season game we get between those two, like, I can't wait to watch that. It's going to look a little strange. You're going to see these two lanky dudes, like, going at each other, doing ridiculous things. But, like, he shoots threes. He shot 39% at Gonzaga that one year. Like, yeah. it's just... I don't know. Like he was kind of like a Wemby before Wemby with le- like less of the hype, but he was pretty hyped coming in and everything. So let's, like let's, I said, okay. See here, man. Let's okay. Let's let's play real, real or fake here. Ooh. Cause that question, <laughs> that question was a, a, a gimme. Let's play real or fake real. Let's stop messing around here. Gloves off. Chet Holmgren will challenge Victor Wembanyama for rookie of the year. Oh, that's a good one. That's a really good question. I'm going to say real. I'm actually going to say real on this. Being around the NBA for a year, I think helps. You know, Wemby was a pro, doing all the pro things. We know he acts like a pro, but I think being with an actual NBA team and seeing how some of those guys practice, what they do, how they carry themselves is important. And I don't doubt that Wemby has that. OKC is also going to be a better team and he's going to play a significant role on that. And I think that's going to help too. Like if OKC is the sixth seed, fifth seed, and he's doing what he does started every game that he's played, right? Like he's going to be in the running for all of that. I think I still think it's going to go to Wemby. It almost feels like that's a given at this point, but honestly, I'm going to go probably run to FanDuel right after this and see if I can get really good odds on Chet Holmgren. Like I hadn't thought about that until you said it. And it's like, (laughs) here, you talk right now. Hey, look, I I'm on record as saying that you're not really a rookie after if, if you miss your whole rookie season, I'm sorry. That's you should not be eligible for rookie of the year, but he will be. So that that's fine. I'm not like going too crazy about that, but it does matter. It does matter that you have, Oh, okay. This is, these are the, uh, public appearance, uh, schedules that, that you get, have to get used to. I know that I have to go to these charity events. I know that I have these media obligations. I know that this is the practice schedule and when to wake up and where to be for the plane and all of that stuff. None of that stuff is a surprise anymore. 
And yeah, Wimbenyama has been playing the pro life out in France, but it's not the NBA life. And so I do agree that that advantage puts Chet Holmgren in position if he stays healthy all year long. And I agree with you that Oklahoma City is going to be a good team, and that matters if he is the second best player because obviously SGA is going to be the best player. Yeah. But if he's the best, the second best player on that team and they're connecting on alley-oops and all that stuff and he's he's got highlights and everything to go with everything, then that's going to influence people. Uh, when a team like Oklahoma City is, is kind of on the come up and they're going to be a big story, that influences voters. So I when I say challenge Victor Wembanyama, I think the vote's going to be split. I think it's going to be a very tight race. So, yeah, I think it's real. I think that Chet Holmgren has an opportunity here to be uh, in in that – in have a chance, to have a chance. I, I wouldn't be surprised if at some point when Tim Bontemps does his straw polls over the course of the year that somebody – that at one point they'll be like, hey, you know, Chet Holmgren's the rookie of the year. And they're, he'll, he'll have a head start. So – I'm going to say that's real. What odds What odds did you good, find? Good odds here. I pulled them up. So Victor Wimbanyama is minus 135. Scoot Henderson's second best, plus 320. Oh, and then okay. you have Chet Holmgren at plus 550. Ooh. Like, I, that actually seems pretty good to me. Like, those are good odds for a guy that I easily uh, could see at least, like, getting – he might not win, but he'd get close – Certainly, and I think at those kind of odds, yeah, that might be might might be worth. Thank you. FanDuel. Might be worth. Yeah, might be worth checking out the official sportsbook of Locked On, FanDuel.com slash Locked On. Go get started there and get in on the Chet Holmgren stuff. All right, Jake. Maybe may, not only did we finish a, I think a quality podcast. Maybe you made a little bit of money. Just maybe. Don't hold me to that, everybody. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you so much for uh, for listening for watching. Would love it if you uh, hopped in the comment section over at YouTube, uh, did all that stuff. Uh, check out this Lockdown NBA podcast all week long on Wednesdays. It's us. I'm John Corrales, host of the Lockdown Celtics podcast. Find me on Twitter at John underscore Corrales. And I'm Jake Madison, host of the Lockdown Pelicans podcast on Twitter at Nola Jake. Tomorrow, it's Pat the Designer. It's Nick Angstead continuing our coverage of the league so make sure you are here subscribe and share the podcast whoa tell your friends tell everybody that they should be listening to and watching the lockdown nba podcast right here in the lockdown podcast network it's your team every day